Hello and welcome to episode 13 of season 5 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host, Mars. I'm joined, as always, by my amigo, PJ. Our amigo, Carly, has taken the night off, but insteps the hero of the hour, friend of the show, and one of the nice people of, twi- of Twitter and in real life, our amigo, Morph. Morph, how are you? And PJ, of course. Thanks, mate, for the afterthought. <laughs> Morph, Morph, well, you know, Morph are you even with us? I am with you. I'm feeling good. I'm 185 centimetres and 88 kilos of muscle, steel and sex appeal. Brilliant. Thank, fantastic. Fa- thank you. Thank you. 185 centimetres doesn't seem that at all. I thought you were massive. 185. Yeah. Massive well, I am me. in certain areas, but that's for a different <laughs> day. Oh, for, for, all right. Anyway, let's move on. All right. Well, look, guys, as always, we start with the scores of the last game week. Morph, I believe you are the top amigo this week. 65 points. Yes, that's right. Please sign up to my Patreon at www.itsnotworthit.com. 67 <laughs> points. Um, all of my backline returning. Um, in spectacular fashion for the first time in pretty much ever. Diaz, Cancelo, James, Rudiger, Trent. Um, and for the first time in forever, actually Salah blanking, which is spectacular. Returns from Jota and Smithrow, which I'm quite pleased with. Um, and I transferred Watkins in at the last minute, which proved to be a, a, a brilliant, brilliant idea as he blanked completely. I also used up my other free transfer on Jacob Ramsey. So it's a classic case of chasing last week's points and catching this week's points, which I'm quite pleased with. Well, not bad, not bad. Um, I, I came in second with 58 points, no hits this week. But yeah, similar to you, my backline, Rudiger, TAA, James and Cancelo, smashing it, Smith off the bench, uh, brought in Lacazette. For Watkins, when I heard the news, can't complain with an assist. I was hoping for more, but you know what? At least you retain positive points when you swap for a player that didn't play. Uh, yeah, um, no keeper for the no show because he's a naughty boy. Um, eight players, can't complain. Uh, PJ, what about you? Yeah, 50 points, pretty garbage. Ben White, Thunder Prick, charging in two-footed in the box for no fucking reason. Bernardo Silva, blank, Foden, off shagging when I bought him for a hit and made him captain. Um, and only fielded eight players because the rest of them didn't have games, but we're all in the same boat. So, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> same boat, different designs. Well, uh, Kylie finished with, uh, with with 47. Uh, she had uh, Ford and Captain and Laka, Vice-Captain, which I think similar to you, PJ, right? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yep. Also had eight players. I can't believe right, she got uh, worse than me. No wonder she's cried off tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, tell us about the true players of FDL. Yeah, yeah, no problems. So the uh, the current top five of the Three Amigos FPL Classic are in fifth place, Ale Le Chef, Gary Cook. In fourth, FPL Cole, Carl Colotti. In third place, Izzy Wizzy, get one busy, Christopher Marshall. And in second place, the tepid template, Alex Gray Davies. These, this top five have been around for a while now. And still at number one is James Stairs with Don't Go Baking My Heart. Currently still the number one player in the Northern Mariana Islands. But are you really, James? Well, are you really? I didn't recognise the third or fourth. I didn't recognise the third or fourth, but yeah, the rest, the rest I do recognise. Fantastic. The consistency is just unreal. There's a um, there's a guy in you know. seventh who has the team, the Desert Warrior, um, 
I'm not going to say what his name is, but I, I really hope he does not get him a top five. <laughs> I'm going to be begging him on now. <laughs> he got 90 points this week. Bloody hell. Let's see if he used a free wow. hit. Wow, um, wow, no, wow, he didn't. Wow. My God, 90 points off a hit. Would you believe as well? Captain Sterling, DS, Rudiger, Alexander Arnold, James and Cancelo. And Mendy, triple City, triple Chelsea at the back. Ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, if it works, it works. Yeah, it does indeed. It does indeed. Well, I came prepared for this rant to be about people having a go at a simple tweet that I put, which I still stand by. But there's another now rant for that after that rant. First of all, I put a list of things that I would do to mitigate this, this shit crap that we're in right now. And then I quote tweeted by saying... Zero reasons to do early transfers because I said don't do early transfers. Of course, I did not mean zero reasons. If wife is pregnant and about to give birth, if you're on an airplane, if you're on a ship and there is no thing. I can't put all the lists. I thought people of Twitter are clever enough to understand what I meant. But I I, I have to apologize because, you know, obviously they're not. And I, I get, oh, what about if you're a different time zone? Well, I'm sure the people who are in different time zone, that player feel are such avids that actually, I'm, I guarantee I know when I'm abroad, I'll put an alarm to wake up. So anyway, um, I had some abuse. I had some people supporting me. I had the leader of Analytical FC, who I diss in every tweet because I don't do stats, <laughs> defending me, which was which relationship that is about to blossom. Uh, and other people took it as 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 the joke that it was or whatever the advice that it was. Uh, uh, one thing that you know uh, me and as uh, he, he said, Captain hindsight. I was like, well, it can't be hindsight when I talked about it yesterday before anything happened. So that's definitely not hindsight. That's me saying what I would do and I did. Anyway, listen, this is nothing compared to the shit show of refereeing standards that we saw yesterday. Um, two professional people could not do their job with the aid of technology. It's just, this is why English refereeing is the butt joke of all the, all the leagues. It's unbelievable. The, the excuses that they gave afterwards are even worse. Um, it really does not help. I, I, I'm telling you now, if that was Jacka or Pogba, that would have been a red card, but it was Harry Kane. I hate to believe this, but I'm starting to believe it because there's no way that was not a red card and Robertson was. There was no way that was not a penalty. It's not because I'm a Liverpool fan. Obviously, it impacts um, FPL. Yes, Spurs were the better team, but if Kane was sent off, then would they have had that many chances? God knows. It was a great game. A draw probably was a fair result. Does not put away the fact that the refereeing standard in this league, think about the Edison tackle on the Newcastle player, the City pen that never was. It's not just for Liverpool. There are so many decisions that are so dodgy with the of technology, we should not be arguing about these things. Marza. Yeah, thanks, Mars. Um, obviously, agree entirely with the Robo Kane debacle, and generally, I think that lack of consistency. I think that's a word that football fans of and football pundits have longed for for a yeah, for, for a while. It's yeah. like, and we've gone through good and bad kind of various kind of iterations of particular decisions coming in and out of fashion, but. Generally, where there's where there's kind of a degree of consistency there, and it can be done. Someone pointed out the other day that, like, um, you know, some people were joking about the most inconsistent kind of referee things, one of which is my famous bugbear of the keepers just 
ridiculously time wasting and never having to remove a ball within kind of six or seven seconds as they should do and the amount of injury time that is never added on in the first half unless someone basically breaks a leg but they were saying how the only thing that referees are always consistently doing is booking someone for taking a shirt off that is literally about the only because so if you can be consistent with that which is why, why can't you be consistent in in kind of other areas with with the way that the game is played, yeah, it's it's maddening, and um, yeah, they, they it's really dipped the last the last couple of weeks, and I'm not I'm not quite sure what VAR is doing at the moment. It's it's improved the offside situation. We seem to have moved past that, so credit credit to that. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of the tackles and the kind of penalty decisions, just so utterly random. Like it's how weird. you know that, I'm still it's, still baffled by weird. that Jao Man, Mantino. Um, sorry. That, that penalty which hit his chest yeah yeah I was yeah. just like just staring exactly. at it for like minutes later just I, I, I still don't understand what I've witnessed there <laughs> sometimes I don't blame the refs because you know when you first see it you think pen right but that's where VAR comes in it's it's like fine you need the help we're all humans absolutely fine the game is flying in the, in the, the pace is unreal but when you have technology and you see the angles that we see it's not objective anymore you're making it hard for you. As I think Wiley was who said, or one of one of the guys, the old refs, he came on and he said, the easy decision would have been to send Kane because it was the right decision. And then you make justifications for why you're not sending him off. It's, it's absolutely bizarre. Anyway, enough about that. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's tackle these topics. So the one thing that we want to talk about is what on earth or how on earth can we prepare ourselves? You know, we love this game. Because of the tactics, the preparation, looking ahead, looking ahead four to six fixtures. The Christmas period is one of the best for active managers to climb ranks over the casuals or the dead teams, right? Nuclear Atoms at Particle Underscore Impact asks, should we change our playing style of making very short-term moves rather than long-term moves? Our friend... FBL Canuck and FBL Canuck says, how do we rejig our FBL mentality during this chaos? Is it play the game week in front of you, narrow focus, or is there still opportunity to see the big picture? BJ, I know you have rightly complained and we took the piss about we're all in the same boat because we're blatantly not. What are you planning to do or what have you done to try and mitigate the issues that we, we could have? What would you advise people to do? Just just drink as much alcohol as possible uh, i think i think would be the first bit of advice i, I don't think you can mitigate it in, unless you're talking about going down the route of kind of spreading your team out so like having no more than maybe kind of two players from any team yeah no doubles and exactly. you know making sure you've got 15 kind of players just to kind of mitigate it but mitigate it rather but the flip side of that is that that's really you're not going to have an aggressive team who are going to capitalize on formal fixtures because you're going to be kind of spread too thinly doing that so it's just a really difficult one i think you've just ultimately got to accept that once again as we saw with the previous season and a half under, under covid that there's going to be an element of, of luck with it. You know, you can obviously put your captain and vice captain, put your vice captain on the first fixture of a game week, which you know that's on. That's that's pretty that's pretty good advice off the bat. And I would I will probably be moving to two playing keepers rather than just just one. Um, it looks like we're heading to a 
you know, a, a double in game week 22 anyway. So that's not that far away. So I think moving to two playing keepers is, is another good, is another good tactic. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's very, very difficult. Just just leave your transfers as late as possible. I mean, all these next set of fixtures are on Boxing Day. Um, all but one of those fixtures are on that day. So, you know, we've got nine fixtures kicking off. We've got two kicking off at 12.30 and I think seven then kicking off at three o'clock. So that's a lot of games um, off the bat. But we, we, we will probably hear whether they're going to be on or not in advance. So, yeah. you know, wait, you know, abandon your family Boxing Day morning, as most people who are addicted to FBL Twitter like we are <laughs> probably will be anyway, and just kind of wait and see what happens. Uh, don't don't get set in ideas. I think this is one of the things I'm personally finding obviously quite difficult on FBL Twitter at the moment. And I do I do sympathize with, with kind of content creators, particularly behind some of the kind of biggest accounts who um, are making a, a living out of it rather than just doing it for a little bit of banter and because they enjoy the game. Because it is very, very hard to give serious advice when nobody bloody knows what's happening. It's like, but I do find it like frustrating, like listening to two people argue the merits of, I don't know, um, you know, Jimenez versus, you know, Pookie for the next three fixtures when we have no bloody idea whatsoever whether those fixtures <laughs> yeah. are going to be no, happening. Just, just have a little list of players who you quite fancy and then 10 minutes before deadline, you know, go with whichever one you kind of, you know, is, 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 is available and, and probably has the best fixture. And I would keep it as simple as that. This is this is a week-by-week week game. And it's annoying because, like you say, this is a great time of year to play fantasy football and that is being taken away from us slightly. But just, yeah. just, just keep it nimble. So, Moth, here's what we know. What we know is the Premier League clubs have met, have agreed to continue with the fixtures as they are for now until the end of the year anyway. Now, this is obviously what the, what the Premier League has said. If you have 14 players, you have to play or bring in some of the under 21. So let's see, because some, some clubs behind the scenes have been accused of tactically using COVID to not play. Now, other clubs like uh, Liverpool, despite club actually complaining about official congestion, people get confused. He complained about official congestion for the health of the players, as in what, what he said, he, but he wanted to play. He wanted to play the games because he does not want all the games then to be added at the end. But what he said is remove the... He, Liverpool were leading to remove the 26 to 28 fixtures. Some other clubs were supportive, some not, so they didn't agree to that. But club's idea was you're using players who've just come back from injury. You might have some COVID areas. If you play one week and then you give them a week rest, you might be able to get other players, give the players a rest to, to recuperate rather than two days later. That was his idea, but he's one of the clubs that wanted to continue where I believe Chelsea did not want to to start with because of the amount, you know, they only had four, four subs. Um, now, we, people can question, well, why didn't they have kids? What I heard is their kids are actually uh, being uh, sent, like stopped for now and they are two different bubbles. So we have to also appreciate that. The other thing we know is, not, is what, what PJ touched on. It's um, the Football Association have abandoned plans for replays in the third and fourth rounds of the FA Cup, which means uh, rounds three replays were scheduled for the midweek in game week 22. Removing them frees that up. Uh, also, round four replays were scheduled for the uh, UCL midweek in game week 25 and 26. So removing them will allow teams to play then. So we potentially have double game weeks coming up. But more with what we know with regards to the games going ahead until the end of the year, uh, end of the year anyway. Do you have any different advice to, to what Peter just said? How are you approaching it? I'd, I'd agree with, um, with the point on late transfers. Um, in terms of, of my mentality, the, the first thing I'm looking at is most people have three Liverpool, two City, 
and one or two Chelsea. So if one of the popular FPL teams have their games cancelled, I wouldn't be too concerned about it because most active teams will be in the same boat. So look at ownership. And if you're going to bring in a player who is a differential, uh, for example, there might be some people who on Boxing Day want to bring in uh, a Wolves player versus Watford or vice versa. Uh, maybe you're feeling uh, you're feeling funky and you want to bring in Shimikas. Both of those games, the Liverpool game and the Wolves-Watford game, kick off at 12.30. So leave your transfers for those particular players to as late as possible. Um, again, similarly for the games on the 28th of December, if you're looking at bringing in an Arsenal or a Wolves player or any of the players that are involved in the three o'clock kickoffs, do it as late as possible and try if you've got a choice between a player in the early games or in the games on the Tuesday or the games on the Thursday, try and see if there's a viable option for those playing a little bit sooner. Now, that being said, it's interesting the new science that the Premier League appear to have found, because what they've realised is that uh, COVID apparently takes Christmas off, hence the reason why they were looking to postpone the fixtures on the 28th of December rather than those on the 26th of December. Let me be quite clear on this. The Premier League are not concerned about player welfare. They've never been concerned about player welfare. They're not concerned about fan welfare. They're not concerned about grassroots welfare. There are a bunch of criminals, a bunch of vulture capitalists and a bunch of money hungry scumbags that are concerned about one thing and one thing only, and that is their revenue. So that will be the ultimate deciding factor in whether or not games go ahead. And if there's one club that has used this to their massive advantage, it is unquestionably Manchester United. It's allowed them to work under Rangnick a little bit more. Most of the players have not had COVID despite the relative lack of uh, vaccinations. I'm not here to talk about the science. We already know that the Premier League uh, is aware that uh, COVID takes Christmas off, as we, as I, I mentioned earlier. But the fact that United have done that indicates to me that there are other clubs who will look to take advantage at a later stage. And I was very pleased the Premier League forced um, Chelsea to play especially considering uh, in their game against Wolves that they have one of the more more deep squads in the league. That being said, of course, you wouldn't want to jeopardise player safety, but the best way for player safety to be optimised is for everybody to go and get their vaccinations. Yeah, I, I find it laughable that the, the one thing that they always talk about is, uh, what, but, but the Premier League doesn't want to upset the TV companies. I'm sorry, who gives a fuck about them? Like it's not it's not about well, them. the Premier like League said, ultimately about the players. <laughs> because they well, pay a lot of their do, wages. But that's the fact that exactly. But it's about the players, players' welfare, the families of the players, etc., etc., etc. But you know, like we said, I'm not. We're not going to go into a discussion between vaccinated versus non-vaccinated players, etc. Other leagues, by the way, and other sports. Well, they are changing it though. They, they they are changing it. That was announced today as well. So the Premier League are saying that vaccinated are telling the clubs that vaccinated players need to travel separately. To, to the ground. Oh, really? I haven't yeah, yeah, seen yeah. that. Yeah, from now on, that's all being reported. So and Klopp was talking about this as well, about how um, if that continues, uh, basically alluding to what a few managers have kind of said, but obviously being Klopp said it a bit more out loud, that, you know, he's not going to sign people. He loves it. Yeah. not going to sign yeah. people who aren't vaccinated because logistically these people um, now uh, need to be kind of treated separately to the other ones. And ultimately they have to isolate for 10 days, whereas if you're vaccinated, you don't. So 
So what's interesting in terms of disruption going into Boxing Day is that 41 Premier League players um, tested positive just this weekend. That's just this weekend, uh, 41 players tested positive. None of those players, or most of those players, depending on our vaccination status, are not going to be available for next weekend. And we have no fucking idea who some of those players are. We we have an idea at some of the clubs who played. So we know that... um, you know, from some of kind of the Liverpool or Chelsea players who didn't turn up. And like Thiago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But by and large, like Morph mentioned Man United. Man United have missed two games, what, 10 days of football. To this, nobody, not even, and you know, I, I, I'm a big supporter of a club. I, I know, you know, not to claim I'm some sort of in no account, because I'm obviously not. Let's not go down Ollie Watkins gate again. But I know some, I know some important people within Manchester United. And I, has anybody heard about any single player that has been no leak whatsoever they have kept that watertight in terms of who has covid in that manchester united camp and that's just wrong that there's no transparency in the game about who who you know who has that who might be infected i just i just think that's wrong i think like in the nfl in in america clubs should announce in the press conferences who who has covid and who doesn't and it's in, interesting, in, the, the other announcement by the Premier League, um, that they said that if a vaccinated player scores a goal, he's allowed to celebrate only with other vaccinated players Love it. who can be identified <laughs> by a e-sign on the left um, uh, the left side of their shirt. This, that's not true, <laughs> Mel. That's not true. This is, this is 100% but that's, that's, What? You're telling me the vaccinated players are going to wear different shirts? <laughs> that's not true. Uh, but I read it on I mean, The Athletic. Yeah, <laughs> I, be- I believe the NFL, if, if a club uh, pulls that or forfeits a game and their players are unvaccinated or majority, they, they, they basically lose the game. Yeah, I think I think I, I like that. I know they've gone right down to 14 points, but yeah, a punishment. So if you can't fulfill the fixture because of your unvaccinated players, then yeah, you, you lose you lose the points. It's it's you know we don't want to have this debate because we're not we're not, not. judge and jurors here but it's very difficult and it and it's a, it, I'm looking to the Premier League here out of interest because it is ultimately a problem and a discussion that we or bigger people than us need to have with society at large as how do we solve the question of people who are triple vaccinated having to make sacrifices for those who refuse to get vaccinated and I, like I said I'm not making any judgments it is insanely complex but it is a discussion yeah. that is ultimately going and, to be have to and, be had. It, it, it must be awkward for the players, right? Because I, I, I wonder at some stage if the vaccinated players do not want to be sharing potentially a room with an unvaccinated player, or I don't know if they do or not. We don't know, right? Because does Phil Foden like to share share rooms with unvaccinated people, or is that something that will will come to later? Fucking Phil Foden. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds like him and Grealish have been naughty boys. I don't know what for or what they did, but that's apparently why they were dropped, right? So just to to to, to summarize back on. On, on the thing, the, the, the tweet that I wrote, I said, I'm targeting game week by game week, no future plans. So this is what I did. Um, the last game week before I, I brought in Watkins and Foden because I knew the Villa game was going ahead. Uh, and I believe, I, yes, and the City game was going ahead. Uh, literally, I was driving. I pulled over, put my hazard lights on, switched the car off before any, any PC people are out there. Um, did my transfers and carried on. Um, hits if needed. If, if, if I think I need to, to, to have more players, especially for players that I believe are explosive. I'm not scared of taking hits. Only doing transfers 10 minutes before deadline. This is a, this is a rule I'm giving myself. Now some people want to say the side might crash. Now I'm going to put an asterisk there and say, if you can. And I'm not going to list 
give a list of things that you why would stop you from doing it 10 minutes before because people said well i did it 45 minutes before well uh, and and then it well two weeks ago i believe again was pulled an hour before kickoff so you have to leave it as last as possible as long as you can that's what i think we can only do what's in our control and that those things beyond any mitigating circumstances are the things that are in our control Marzi, I'm going to give you a, a short list of names that um, perhaps should explain to you why you need to reset your expectations as to whether or not the Internet has the capability of using common sense. Uh, stop me if I go too far. I'll start uh, fairly far afield and we'll go with the name Duterte. Uh, move slightly further west and we'll go with Modi. Uh, then go to South America and go with Bolsonaro. Then we'll go to North America and go with Trump. And finally, come back to the UK and use the word Boris. The Internet has no common sense. The expectation needs to be reset. There needs to be caveat yeah, with, caveat I, with I, everything, I as, as our yeah. good friends who got the assist, who got the assist have, have learned, unfortunately. That being yeah. said, I thought you handled the, the ridiculous backlash very, very well. So, <laughs> very, very well. <laughs> right. Um, let's move on because we could we could be sitting here talking this forever at the end of the day it is chaos some people say embrace the chaos i try and i it's not i'm not saying i enjoy chaos but you try to embrace it because i love the game and i want to continue playing as much as i can i know sometimes it takes the joy out but try your best to just do what's in your control anyway let's move on to another topic and as PJ said earlier, we can't really sit there and discuss a player versus a player because we don't know what's going to happen beyond next game week. But one team that we want to discuss or talk about anyway is um, Chelsea. What on earth is going on? I know they have injuries, but a lot of us ha- have, have double defence. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, well, they're expensive. Shall I downgrade, you know, bring in a Ben White if I don't have uh, Arsenal cover or somebody, you know, be, barring any, any COVID or anything. So... Again, FBL Canuck and FBL Canuck asks, Alonso replacements stay big and move to Diaz to find a sub or find a sub uh, five million gem. So, Morph, I know you're on Double City. Would you advise people to move on Double Chelsea to Double City or spread the love? And what's I, going on with Chelsea? Yes, yeah, so I'll start with what's going on with Chelsea first. So, that for me, the the Leicester game seems to be a big turning point. So, I've analysed their uh, their XG on uh, on FB Ref. And if we look at their XG before the Leicester game, it was one. Uh, X, this is XGA, so this is expected goals, goals against. It was 1.0 before the Leicester game and 0.9 after the Leicester game. So there's no significant, um, uh, no significant decline in their overall play. But for every single game, they were overperforming their XGA by 0.7 per game before the Leicester game. And after the Leicester game, they were underperforming by 0.4. Now, they had a bit of good fortune in that uh, following the return of N'Golo Kante at Wolves uh, this weekend, combined with one of the poorest attacks in the leagues, they were able to secure their first clean sheet in, uh, excuse me, their first clean sheet in six games. But that being said, when we look at their position on the fixture ticker, where they have games against a rejuvenated Aston Villa, um, a, a Brighton game that will be slightly more straightforward than uh, than we, we would have expected to sort of five or ten games into the season, followed by uh, Liverpool at home, Manchester City away, and a uh, what will be a, a, a pretty decent-looking Spurs side if, if Harry Kane's able to finish more than one chance in 20, uh, followed by two blanks. My 
take on Chelsea defence would be a, a firm hold, regardless of the fact that they will have two of uh, Kante Kovacic and Jorginho available. You might want Reese James because of uh, because of, of, of cover. He's got quite high ownership percentage and or you might want Rudiger because he's uh, he's quite nailed on. I wouldn't suggest going in and buying either of them at this stage. If you want to downgrade one of them, as I might well look to do, I would move one of them on to uh, to, to potentially Ben White as Arsenal are fourth on the fixture ticker after Everton. Manchester United and West Ham. And this is, of course, assuming no COVID, uh, COVID-related delays or postponements. To go to the Manchester City double defence, um, well, it's been an absolutely stellar uh, stellar performance from them over the last few weeks. Once Diaz and Cancelo are in, um, you can see them just getting points galore, especially if, um, if Diaz plays all the way through the Christmas run. They're... Um, they're 14th or 15th on the fixture ticker, but looking at their games, they've got Leicester, Brentford, Arsenal, um, Chelsea, Southampton and Brentford again in their next six. So I, I would expect at least three clean sheets and at least five appearances from both Diaz and Cancelo. So I certainly would recommend if you aren't looking to go to, say, uh, Ben White or, or Tommy Arsu or even Gabriel from Arsenal, that you consider uh, moving your Chelsea defence to either Ruben Diaz or if you don't have him, uh, Joao Cancelo, though. I believe if you you don't have Joao Cancelo, you're, you're probably not playing the game. I mean, he's 37% owned. So, yeah, it's um, it's a case of if you don't have him, you, you should pretty much give up and, and wait till next season. Apart from Dave, who we all know is amazing. Buna doesn't have him either. I'm sorry, who? Buna. <laughs> yeah, he, he said brilliant. Uh, PJ, any, anything to add to that uh, fantastic bit of research there? Well, I mean, it, it, it was it was reason. I was just going to say, without anything to back it up whatsoever, that Chelsea had been exceeding their defensive numbers at the start of the season and had now kind of reverted to type. Um, I, I'm not really sure whether Morf kind of clarified that or not, because my cat jumped on the keyboard when he started talking about their XGC at the time. So, uh, are they are they underperforming now, Morph? Again? Oh. No, he said what you said. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. See, there you go. See, who yeah. needs stats? The eye test yeah. said the exact same thing. They, um, I, I don't. I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those ones you don't want to be hindsighty. But I, I've said I've said right from the off. I've not seen anything in this Chelsea team to convince me that they will they will give Liverpool and Manchester City a run over 38 games. I think they went in a good run, right, and, now they're in a ba- and now they're in a bad run. <laughs> this is this is Manchester I City and Liverpool. I think they'll be there. They, they have no, the squad. They they'll won't. be there or thereabouts. I, I really do. They won't. They won't well, be within okay. 10 points of Manchester City or Liverpool come the end of the season. All right. Well, if AFCON doesn't go ahead, maybe. If it does, I just think our squad with injuries and COVID would just be too stretched. But let's see. Um, look, I, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, I, I have the James and, and Rudiger. I'll prob- the, I'm benching Rudiger this week because I have a benching headache and I don't like it. But they're playing away to Villa at the moment. Let's see anyway what happens. Um If I sell... It, it's hard to sell James because he's so involved. Yeah, I know he's done hasn't delivered a lot in the last uh, few games uh, but usually he's well he's more involved although uh, but I also love Rudiger but to answer uh, Kanuk who would you suggest for Alonso replacement if, if you were looking at a player right now Peter who would you look for to replace Alonso what um, player would you suggest what was that? why is he replacing Alonso I guess he wants to downgrade okay um, Lamptey he's lively he's got Brentford next um, I, I think 
you know, he, he looks good. I still think some of the Spurs, I still think, you know, Ben Davis at Spurs as well. I've got Crystal Palace next, nice little run. Uh, obviously got zero this week, but he's not playing Liverpool most weeks. And Conte has, has organised that squad considerably better. So those would be the two I'd look at who both have good potential of both clean sheets and attacking returns. Yes, we know that Lamptey can't play every game, but you know, if anyone honestly believes that the next 30 Premier League fixtures are going to go ahead in a six-day window, they're living in a fantasy land. Or the Premier League do. Remember, <laughs> Uh, well, they might go ahead, right. but the point is that, like you say, they're going to be um, all fielding teams like Leeds United did, just, you know, despite having the best vaccination rate in all clubs. Ironically, it wasn't due to COVID. They're just being fucking ridiculously unlucky with injuries. But it is going yeah. to give you to that stage when 15 and 16-year-olds are on the bench. So, Yeah. No, I mean, Liverpool had some team. Liverpool had the team to play in the midfield, the brand new midfield three. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I guess no it's idea not, who he was. Good, good, good He's played in the Champions League at AC Milan in the in their stadium and did well. He's played in the Champions League, he's played in the Cup, and now he's playing in the league. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, fantastic. From the academy, doing really well. Part of the part of the main team now, uh, and that, that's how you get your opportunities. Uh, you know, we, we had Henderson out injured or ill, not COVID. Then you had Thiago and and Fabinho out. So that, those are our three mids. And uh, you could have played Ox, but I think Ox is a bit more attacking where Morton could hold. Could hold back, and I thought he handled himself pretty well, considering it was the first game and the pace of the game. Well, look, th- these are the two topics that we want to touch on. Let's jump into those uh, questions. Um, that literally, like a couple of FBL and the rest are uh, fun questions. So let's have some fun. Why not? Uh, crate digger at FBL Crate digger. Which Watford and Southampton midf- midfielders should we target for double game week 22? I don't know where to start. I mean, I always joke with Craig that he has a list of... Uh, it's easier to tell which player he's not interested in than which player he uh, that, uh, that he is. But I don't know if I even have the capacity or mental capacity to think about double game week 22 right now. And I don't know if I want anybody from midfield, from Watford and Southampton. Maybe James Ward-Prowse. Uh, Sissoko at 4.5 could be a decent uh, decent enabler from from Watford, and by decent I mean utterly utterly pointless. Uh, <laughs> there's also the Southampton option, the quite brilliant Southampton option of uh, of Oriel Romeo, who has scored 30 points for 4.5 million. So well, why are you answering this question Sissoko now? Looking, <laughs> you know, like five weeks away and. 25 COVID tests later. What, what, what are you doing? If you think I'm answering the question seriously, Monkey, I, I must, I've, I've, what I do you must mean? I've written you. down Suzoko and Romeo now on my spreadsheet, ready for game week 22. I've Please. got my transfer planner up. This is on you. Redmond, Redmond. Don't make me buy Eric Redmond. fucking Dyer again either. <laughs> you know, I, I bought him once and uh, this season and he kept a clean sheet for me. And then I immediately remembered what he did to me last season and transferred him straight out. Did he out. get an assist once? He, he may have gone as well. I, I think he did, yes. <laughs> that free kick. It yeah. was ridiculous. <laughs> right. Uh, talking of Oreo Romeo, Oreo RM asks at Oreo RM, this is for you, PJ, because I know you love him. Is Antonio just a lost case despite the incoming easy pictures? The man is knackered. I mean, he's just had a break. He was knackered. I completely agree. And yes, 
PJ, I remember you telling me he played on the wing. Wild card. He's, I just, you know what? He's the, actually the only black player that I played this week. <laughs> I put in my foot. I just can't sell him. I refuse. I'm too stubborn right now. So, what, is is he a dead? Is he a dead man? <laughs> is he a dead man? I mean, that's, that's a, it's a little <laughs> the, bit, it's a little bit extreme. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a you know uh, well, he's a dead asset to me. Uh, the the funny thing is that because he didn't play, he's now obviously had a break, which he needs. So uh, I admit, uh, I would definitely have sold him before the last game, which was obviously then called off. But if you've now still got him, no, this is probably the first time in about eight weeks that I wouldn't advocate to selling him because he's he's had a week off. Southampton are porous. I mean, they are conceding a lot of goals. So it's a good fixture. I've, my main issue with him is just it's, it's form and he, he does look very, very tired. This is not a player who has played 38 games a season in years. Now he's staying fit, yeah. but he just, he just, he, he's got such a high energy, high intensity game. You know, he's got that kind of rooniness in his kind of latter years kind of about him where you just think that you just, you're carrying around a lot of bulk. And that's not, I'm not, not fat shaming of a guy he's clearly built like a brick shit house but he his high energy high intensity game means he yeah i just don't think he can play kind of three games yeah. in a week he's not going to play f- three games over christmas surely surely but southampton yeah play him in this game get rid of him for the next one yeah i, I mean look watching him before in the tougher games i i actually thought he was quite involved a bit unlucky which is why i kept him, he was, you know, it was the, he, he's the focal, you know, he's a talisman of the of the team. Although Bowen and Fornals, etc., Lanzini even are, 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 are jumping in. Declan Rice has just been unbelievable for them. But in the last two games, maybe or the last, especially the last game when when they had a player sent off, um, yeah, he looked shattered and out on the wing. Just it was useless. The break will do him well, like you said. There's no way I'm selling him now. Absolutely, unless, obviously, there's a cancellation or COVID or anything, and I don't wish COVID on anyone. But uh, apart from that, I'll def- absolutely, like you said, I'll definitely play him because of who they're playing and the break that he had. And let's be honest, what, what forward is, is, is smashing it? There's nothing. N- not many out there. We've just sold Watkins. Like I said, ain't pulling, tre- pulling up any trees or whatever the saying is. Um, I was uh, I was quite ooh. happy with with Dennis King and Ronaldo, but then none of them had a fucking match. So well, exactly. Here we so are, let's... and now I've got Lacazette. <laughs> Why the fuck do I have Lacazette? Am I? I hate Lacazette because they were playing Leeds. It he's was, useless, uh, and he's got Norwich know... next. So I can't even get him out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, remember the saying, yeah? It's the decision, not the outcome. I absolutely hate that saying. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. you can't say that without then saying hashtag we move. <laughs> we move uh, analytical FC or whatever it's hilarious uh, right um, next question is from our mate uh, FPL underscore Dave at club un- clubs underscore mug um, he probably won't listen but I actually like the question because it's, it's a footballing question Mars discuss Conte was yesterday about Liverpool's missing key leaders Hendo Van Dijk Thiago Fedras I assume he means Fabinho no. Or Conte having an impact to the point where Spurs players back on radars. So, look, any team will struggle with that, for, especially with a squad of Liverpool where we have like a 15, 16 strong squad, I would say. You take four out of them, starters. So Hendo, uh, Fabinho and Thiago have been the main 
midfielders, plus one of our leaders, two leaders, and one of the guys that really breaks the block at the back, Van Dijk with his passing, although Konate has stepped in well. And it even struggled with that. And I thought yesterday, sure, we, the, the, I thought Konate and Matip actually did really well. They were just overloaded all the time. Down the middle most of the time, on the counter, um, and Alisson, bless him, saved us, plus gave the game away. Like I, I can't hate him, I love the guy. So I think the injuries or the absence helped Spurs. However, they looked fresh. This is the first time that I have seen Kane not dropping back too much. He was actually really involved, always the first, uh, the last man uh, up front. And he, he takes players away, which is why then Dele Ali had that chance. So he was really busy, really involved, had a lot of chances. The header, uh, uh, the one before where Konate blocked his goal, really, really involved. Son is Son. I love him no matter what. No matter what he does to Liverpool or anything, the guy is just unbelievable. Jiroso Bunny, I call him. I thought Harry Winks was fantastic in that game. So again, I know their midfield was a bit rejigged. So I don't know if that's a new midfield or a COVID, you know, stroke injury midfield. But I, I do think that the break has given them uh, a spring in their step, maybe time for Conte to work his tactics with the guys. And I was impressed by seeing Kane not play as a quarterback. Um, had a lot of chances. If it wasn't for Alisson, it would have been a lot a lot worse. So I think it's a combination, to answer Dave's question, I think it's a combination. I do think that Spurs players should be on our radars for a couple of things. Obviously, we, t- we said, you know, don't, don't plan too far ahead, but they, w- they have three games. So they will have a double game week sooner or later. They also have good fixtures. So, you know, uh, many of us have some Arsenal players because of w- what just happened. They play in City, I believe, and maybe Chelsea next. So I'm looking to offload my, my Arsenal and swap to, to, to Spurs. Uh, maybe not next game week because it, it requires a hit and Arsenal play in Norwich. But I do think Spurs players, if they continue and we have another chance to watch, watch them again, and they've just had a lot of COVID. So you would think now they are... You know, with the science immune to it, it's all true, um, or immune to the variant that they had, um, they should be available. So, yeah, I do think there are options. Guys, what, anything else from a neutral point of view that you saw in the game that I missed? Yeah, just on on the game in itself, Liverpool had a, a lot of key players missing, obviously, but historically, Liverpool versus Spurs has always led to a high number of what we call big chances for Spurs. And that, that does tend to come from from Son and Deli Ali running from deep. So um, that was always going to be the case. The, the, the statistics showed it, the game showed it. it was a fantastic game, of course. Um, Harry Kane's finishing, despite the fact that he was getting into good positions, was utterly, utterly abysmal. And it, it does line up with what I, what I was saying um, in the previous podcast, that he's, he's shockingly underperformed in front of goal all season to, to a, uh, a statistical number which is far, far worse than his career average since, um, since XG have been in place. If such a thing as form exist, exists, then Harry Kane, despite his goal yesterday, is woefully out of form. Song Kung Ming remains um, a, an excellent option, uh, definitely a decent yes, pick. Yes, I agree. And, um, and looking at their position on the fixture ticker, they play Southampton twice in the next six. They play Palace and Watford. Uh, they do have Arsenal and Chelsea as well. But uh, if if Monkey will allow me, I will once more recommend Eric Dier. Oh God, God, Dier! Why, why? But there's no way you pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did he even? Play? Did he play? 
I don't know. What do you mean you don't even know if he played? I can't remember. I saw him in a, wearing a... Yeah, he did play. He did play. Absolutely. He did play. Grabby cleared that up. He did play. <laughs> he did play. <laughs> he's, not, he's, he's not he's Ben so Davis, good. is he? I didn't he? even notice him on the, on the pitch. <laughs> he's, he's not Ben Davis. Here he is. Yeah, he did play. He's got, he got you know, he's fifth, fifth for bonus. Yeah, he you got know. a point. He got uh, a, a point more than Ben Davis, who was booked. So uh, in your feline face. Yeah, <laughs> they do have Palace, Southampton away, Watford away, Arsenal at home, Chelsea away. We've seen what Chelsea are like, you know. But again, look, there's absolutely zero point looking at all these features, like we said. I do agree with you. For me, the main option from Spurs is still Son. Absolutely, he is an yeah, out, 100%, of, uh, yeah. out of uh, position. Out 100%. Of position he's he's like Salah. These guys, you know. Listed as a midfielder, but he's really a forward. So, absolutely. And the, the work rate. He's a South the Korean love machine. I, absolutely I, I love him. I can't hate him. I can't hate him. I just love his cute face. No, he always scores against Liverpool. We smashed them once, and he still scored one. And I still love him. No, no, no matter what. Uh, just, right. need to, just need to shout out Kylie at, at this point, um, because she once beautifully referred to Son as such a cutie McTootie. Uh, so, so, shout out to Kylie there. <laughs> right, well, enough of the... Uh, um, FBL stuff, right? Let's get into it. FBL Canuck at FBL Canuck. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If you think Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, then what you need to do is stop listening to this podcast, um, take your phone, and delete all your internet history because, firstly, there's likely to be stuff on there that's highly questionable, and secondly, you need to remove yourself <laughs> from society. Die Hard is not just a Christmas movie. Die Hard is the Christmas movie. You be high Yeah, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was released in the summer and is incidentally set at Christmas time, but you know, we move. Yeah, I like it. Uh, we stick with FBL. <laughs> I like it, says Mark. Thanks for that. PJ, I come to you because I've not watched it yet. Is that because Morph is also committing suicide in the background? Yeah. How good was Succession season three? Uh, I, I thought it was strong. I have to say I thought season two was better, but you know I'm nitpicking because this is five star television, uh, and it was and it was extremely good. I, I didn't understand why there was one less episode though. That's my only criticism. Um, the previous two seasons saw ten episodes. This one just nine. So I was confu- uh, confused when it ended. And I had no other episode to watch, so uh, so yeah. I really should that. add it to my list. It's it's on the list. You see, I love like I love uh, crime or, or you know murder yeah. I mean, it's stuff. not it's not crime. When I saw, but it's, yeah. it's not it's not. When I read it, I was like, oh, do I really care about this? But then everybody's talking about it. How good it is that I need to add it, and maybe something I can watch with the missus because she does not like any guns or any. Yeah, if you like wanna that. if you wanna watch just a bunch of absolute twats argue with each other, then join FPL Twitter. But after that, Succession <laughs> is probably um, the next well, best thing. You watch The Empire. Is, is Succession similar to The Empire? Because when I read it, it sounded very similar. Have you watched Succession? Are you asking me, Marty? Yes, I said more. You watched oh, The Empire. You know what I'm, I'm talking sorry. about. I, uh, yeah, I did no, watch no. Empire. I, I watched yeah. Succession season one, and I, I, quite, uh, I quite enjoyed it. Are but, they similar? Um, Are they similar, just not... not... You know, Cult- a black family versus a white family. No, culturally they're very, they're very, very different. I, I found that um, there, there was more interfamily family dynamics within um, Succession, 
and probably okay. uh, probably better. Uh, it, it was a better screenplay. But that being said, the um, the, the the action and the fun and the, the cultural explanation uh, exploration that occurred in in Empire was was something that I much preferred. Um, plus, I, I'm I know that Succession is linked to Rupert Murdoch, and and again. If you if you're a fan of Rupert Murdoch, then you need to reevaluate everything that you hold dear in your life, uh, and that's somewhat put me off um, getting into season two. <laughs> Oh, I, I just want to well, make it absolutely crystal clear to our, our, our listeners that, that Morph is in no way equating supporting Rupert Murdoch with thinking Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Or not a Christmas movie. Those are not too equally appropriate. Or watching Succession. Or watching succession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. FBL Puck, Andy, at FBL Puck. Best and worst holiday food. PJ, well, what's, what's your best and worst? Definitely worst would be what I, I kind of polled about a couple of days ago, which was uh, which was bread sauce, which inexplicably you like, but is just I essentially it. warm it's, vomit. It's one of the best things to come out of this country. What what I, I don't I don't understand as a sauce. What you know, as a sauce, I love it. It's I'll not even it what, and sauce. It's bread. It's fucking bread melted. No. It's have just, you had it? Yes, have I guess I have had it. had it. It doesn't taste of anything. I don't doubt that if you if you made it or your gorgeous wife made it with her culinary delicacies and through all manner of different spices no, mate, and we, multiple oil mate, in we, it, it we, might no, be no, nice. No, 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 we just get no, 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 no. I just get the sachet. You just get a sachet of bread sauce. No, what is wrong with you? It's fucking I love vile. It. I love it. Far and away the worst. I food. would eat it. No, no, the worst food. And the, just, my, my, just this this is from a country though. that has given us. This is from a country that has given us bread and butter pudding. That's that's good. That's better than bread, oh, bread, bread and butter pudding. The Queen eats bread and butter pudding, and it's still banging. Uh, Making it with marmalade and whiskey, and push, a, a barrel push. of custard is. It's not posh. It's a fucking peasant dish. <laughs> <laughs> it's bread and butter pudding. Listen to it. It's not posh, is it? I hate it. <laughs> no. Right, so really equate, is, equate what the Queen sauce. eats with anything prestigious. I mean, to, to be honest, the, the Queen, the Queen's nephew eats underage girls. So what? Oh what exactly? Could be, <laughs> I can't uh, include that. Be that. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, right. What, what's the best food? The, my that my favourite food holiday, over. Right, over shut up, Morph. Oh, it's God. my turn. <laughs> my my favourite. <laughs> My favorite. What this is an important subject. This is much, this is much better yes. than FBL. My, my well, favorite. My favorite food. Question. This will probably um, uh, go down like a lead balloon as well. Is actually on Boxing Day, where traditionally my family always had bubble and squeak, which um, is all the kind of leftovers of Christmas dinner, particularly the veg. Um, kind of often served with kind of some slice of, of leftover gammon as well um, with some kind of gravy and cranberry sauce and I still kind of have that to this day on Boxing Day and I absolutely love it um, basically Christmas oh, yeah. leftovers Boxing, generally like a lead balloon. So, Boxing <laughs> Day leftover is the best thing ever yes. I, I love yes. it but you see you see turkey or chicken with stuffing and bread sauce or goose Mars of course we know oh, you're a goose eater God. Uh, I've eaten goose maybe once or twice I did uh, once my wife cooked it and once we were invited over. It's lovely, absolutely lovely, very very filling, uh, but not always. I mean, calm down. Um, but yeah, uh, Morph, what's your best and worst? In terms of holiday, are we talking about the the Christmas season or are we talking about yes, the yes, Christmas? No, we're talking no, about no, Christmas, fucking Easter, Christmas. mate. <laughs> okay, well, Easter Mubarak to you too, PJ. Um, 
to me, I'd say over Christmas, my favourite would have to be Pigs and Blankets. But it has to be well done. Strong choice. I, Agree on I, well I, done. I don't, yeah. Well done Pigs and Blankets with a, with a decent cranberry sauce. I'm all up for. Also, underrated is cabbage with a lot of cream. You want it just so your heart skips the odd beat every 15 to 20 minutes, but not so much so that your heart actually stops. <laughs> I love Love it, love it. Love cabbage, love cabbage. Red cabbage is fantastic, yeah, and yeah, agree absolutely. on the pig. So disappointing <laughs> when you get an undercooked pigs and blanket. You almost kind of like it's one of those few things where you want to kind of say that I'm sorry, I'm just going to go over to the oven and put it back in for ten minutes. Yep. Is that going to cause you offence? Even though you know it is, but you're going to fucking do it anyway. So okay. for me, stuffing and bread sauce are the best things ever that come with the, with the roast. The any best roast. thing ever. You've put um, bread sauce at the top. Surprise. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, because I eat any meat anyway, so uh, apart from figs and blanket. And um, uh, Brussels sprouts shouldn't exist. Um, that's that's my, my opinion. That's just that's Hate racist. It. What was your worst morph anyway, you didn't say? My, my worst, uh, yeah, Brussels sprouts. Oh, what's um, with a Brussels sprout? Hey, that's the essential ingredient oh. of bubble and squeak. Well, Absolutely. if you if you chop it if you chop it up, fry it, and add bacon to it, you can make pretty much. Anything it's just bacon. cabbage. You just you know you just sung the praises of cabbage. It's literally a mini cabbage. Yeah, no, it's different. It's not cooked no, sprouts well this in isolation is a very very tricky exercise. When you start mixing, mixing it with potato and additional oil and a little bit of chili sauce as chestnuts part of the as well, chestnuts. Get some chestnuts in there. Yeah, why not? But the point is, Brussels sprouts in isolation are very very poor. I, I mean, it's 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 like no one eats like just Brussels sprouts on, on his own under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Just just toothless, really. So, well, yeah, there you Brussels go. Have sprouts. it, folks. Brussels sprouts compared right. to the world's greatest footballer. FPL rockstar. FPL underscore rockstar. Favorite and worst quality street. He ranked his. Um, I don't know if you can see the picture, but I believe one of the orange or something like the orange and the strawberry one was near the top. Uh, uh, controversially, the triangle and the purple one were in the middle. Um, so what's your what's your favorite um, quality street and what's your worst? This, by the way, caused a huge debate on Twitter that Twitter sent me a notification saying you're getting too many threads. Do you want to uh, like, uh, you know, uh, get notifications, etc. or turn them off? This 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 how much Rockstar caused the debate. Everybody was jumping in, having a go, or or or, or agreeing with him, or or listing their their favourites. So the first thing, the first response I've seen is from Andy. Let's talk FBL. Who yesterday uh, said that Tato's were overrated. Um, I'm a big big fan yeah, of Andy. He upset but, the Irish. Uh, yeah, he upset the Irish contingent. Goodness me, what a horrific, horrific take. I hope he has a great season, uh, and I hope he celebrates with a trip to uh, Tato's World or Tato Adventure Park in Ireland because it's a wonderful place, and Tato's, to all our Irish listeners out there, are truly, truly epic, and they are carb-filled delight in a bag. To go back to the question, Marzi, the best order of um, Quality Street, in my opinion, would be in at number one, the Green Triangle, uh, at number two, the Pink Fudge, and at number three, the red strawberry. So same three of the top five as Rocky. Uh, he has the orange abomination in there and some weird gold crap in at number four. BJ? Um, I don't really know what quality street are. Is that what poor people have instead of Ferrero Rocher? <laughs> 
I did have roses in my house. I think quality, did quality streets have a toffee penny. That was that was always my favourite. I think. I think my nan yes. would bring him around occasionally. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, you're so posh. You're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I, we, yeah, we always we smashed we smashed after if eight. Not, uh, if if you're not um, part of the economic elite, then um, I'd like to apologise. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful man, but um, he's he's been taking a lot of drugs recently, and we we just need to bear with him. I thought true. Apparently, the blue coconut was lost, and people, some people were complaining. Some people were complaining that the orange is strawberry at the front. For me, I'm the purple man and, and, and the triangle. I love them. So they'll be the first two that I'll always eat. Coconut uh, always gets yeah. a bad rap, doesn't it? You know, we see it with Bounty. I don't mind it. I always don't mind gets a bad it. rap. I, I, yeah, it does, but actually, it's quite, it's quite nice. It's different. I don't, so I don't, I, mind, I, it. I don't mind it. Always one of those things yeah. like, it's like if people leave it, yeah, I'll hoover it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bounty is such a sensible chocolate. So just the fact that it's split into two, and if you were on a uh, a calorie controlled diet, you could put that second bit back in the fridge, and you wouldn't feel like you were really missing out. It's just just so sensible. I wish more chocolates would do it. I mean, I'd, I'd obviously tear through them anyway, but um, <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, for, for, for a willpower. Yeah, which which when it comes to both Christmas and chocolate, I absolutely lack. Right, fantastic. That's all the, what we have time for questions. Thank you for all the questions. We love the the, the serious ones and the fun ones. Always uh, causes a debate. Right, let's quickly uh, wrap up with captains and transfers. I'm assuming that there's a full house on Mohamed Salah versus Leeds, unless you're mental or unless he's not playing. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Cool. Any transfers, Morph? Are you thinking of any transfers for now? I'm actually thinking of going Watkins back to Antonio, considering that Watkins has uh, Chelsea, Chelsea and Antonio has, uh, where are we? Excuse me. Antonio is at home to Southampton at three o'clock. So hopefully if I can get some um, get some confirmation that that game is on on Boxing Day, I may well reverse that transfer, assuming no further price changes. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, agree with you on the early, uh, you know, knowing the games. And one point we didn't touch on is if you do, for me right now, one of the things that I, I agree with and I did is if we know games are on and other games we're not sure, put your vice captain on a game that you know is definitely on if you really want your captain on another game on a Sunday versus a Saturday, for example. Then that's a side point. Uh, PJ, any, any moves for you? Um, I'd like to roll, but it does depend on Phil Foden's naughty mat status i do have money in the bank to yeah. move him on to son would would probably be my move there so again i'll see if we get any kind of early news and whether fixtures are likely to be on etc etc i won't be doing anything until yeah about quarter to 11 on boxing day morning but but that will be it i think we've all got bench issues this week providing those games go on and we say that now yeah. looking at our squads with 15 available players i don't think that's <laughs> actually going to be the case come boxing day morning so right. yeah let's, let's roll it for now uh, if i can my second keeper and lacadia as uh, playing players but yeah i'll take that my, my, my team is my team is um but the other thing is i am considering like just kind of ripping up my team in a bit of a minus eight and but I might try and roll and then do it afterwards. I've got I've got too many eggs in one basket. Double Brighton keepers, yeah. two Watford, triple City, triple Liverpool, double Arsenal. There's just not enough teams covered in, in my squad, which is why I've obviously been absolutely fucked. 
by the kind of COVID kind of cancellations, whereas people who've spread yeah. spread their players across more teams have obviously survived loss. a little bit. So so we'll see. But I would like to roll this week. So yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's uh, there's uh, Kawero Cup action happening. So well, we just said. Do not do transfers before, please. Like, forget price rises. If you can't get a player because of the rise, if you make a change for him and then he's injured, you know the risk, right? Or, or he's out with COVID. So just allow that um, uh, and and just wait. I think the first game on the 26th is at uh, 12:30. So yeah, the 11 is the deadline. Quarter to 11 is when you're thinking. And you know a lot of the games. So you've got Wolves, Watford, and Liverpool, Leeds are, are, are the first two games. So plenty of players there for people to to decide what they're doing. Plus the three o'clock games, hopefully we'll, we'll have an idea what's happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to roll. Uh, um, if Foden is a naughty boy, at the moment I have Rudiger on the bench. Do I bench Foden and play Rudiger and just roll anyway? I would like to roll, but let's see. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, and, and, and Captain Salah. Just, just well, on, on Foden, uh, guys. Just, yeah. I, I was just picturing it. Foden and Grealish walk into an orgy I, I just can only imagine how petrified we you must know. be if you don't know which one you're going to end up with do you get great hair great calves or dodgy knees and shit haircut it, it's 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 an absolute lottery it really is a penalty shootout <laughs> if you're an orgy and the two of them are your options very very interesting yeah the obvious take home <laughs> yeah <laughs> on that note that's all we have time for. I have been Mars at Mars05. He's been PJ at Hindu Monkey. Don't forget our, our uh, missing Amiga at Kali FPL. He's been Morph. He's not on, on Twitter, but hopefully he'll come back soon. We've been the three amigos. Please follow, like, uh, and retweet our account. If you like what we do, give us a five-star rating or a four-star rating. That's all we ask for. Please stay safe. Cherish your loved ones. Merry Christmas from the three amigos.